We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Charlie John Lekomsky and Honest to God. I don't know where I'm from anymore. <laughs> well, I, I'm just serious. It was only a matter of time, John. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm in Minnesota. I'm, I'm in St. Louis right now. I'm sometimes outside of St. Louis in a town called New Athens. But I'm here. You're in the I'm custodian here. closet where <laughs> yeah. they stick us here at KPO <laughs> Radio. Exactly. With our bare light bulb. Hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> that's right. We need to get that bulb replaced, too, man. It's almost burnt out. Oh, who are you, anyway? Our 25-watt bulb. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's bright enough for us. Yes. Where am I? Why am I here? Yes. Um, Why are you I here? am Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. Yeah. And this is... Wrestling really? with... Wrestling basics. with the basics. At least so you we know, know where that. You're at. We're That's wrestling so with the basics. <laughs> All right, so so I've been getting complaints from people that says that our, our humor, our quality of humor, has been down. So I had, I had, I was had it a, ever up? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of what it's always been. That's a good. <laughs> no, we can go down. What are you looking for? <laughs> if you're listening to us, so I went to our writers. I said, "Come on, you got to start punching stuff up." And so our, our writer Lauren, who is my granddaughter, oh, yeah. she she has she has a riddle for us. Okay, all right, so this Lauren. Is right and from her homework. Do you believe this? They give jokes to our kids for homework now. That's that's what her homework is. It's riddles. <laughs> it's jokes. Maybe New Athens. Oh, I think it's all <laughs> over the country. It's it's part of that new educational stuff. What is, I can't remember what they call that. The new, new map. The new map. The new. The new. The, I don't know what this. I don't mean. know what it is. Uh, so anyway, uh, what what does a snowman hang over his baby's crib? What does a snowman oh, hang a over his joke. baby's it's crib? It's even yes, seasonally it's appropriate. Seasonal. Of course, go, Lauren. our writers. They, I don't know what what does a snowman hang over a his baby's snowmobile. crib? Snowmobile. <laughs> 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 oh, Lauren, I, thanks for saving us. Yes, thank you so much. We got to get to work. Where's that thing? Where's that thing? There it is. All right, now there's no time for foolishness. Because we got to finish up last week, and we got new stuff to do. My goodness. all sorts of good stuff. Daniel, yeah, yeah Daniel, and and, yeah. and well, and Darius more than Daniel yes. this time around. I yes. like this. The, yeah. the the way in which we're kind of looking at this at a slant, at a new perspective uh, here in the book of Daniel. So, so the thing is, of course, you know the story. Uh, the uh, enemies of Daniel have this law passed that you got to worship. Uh, you can't call upon anybody but the king, and of course, David, Daniel, rather. I do that all the time. I get Daniel and David mixed up, and I get Noah and Moses mixed up. So you'll correct me okay. kindly. Yes, be more <laughs> okay. than happy to. Thank you. I'm an old man. Give me a break. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, and we talked about that Darius is, is this, as you pointed out, he's a pagan, he's a heathen, there's no reason why any Jew would love him, and he's an evil, wicked man who keeps lions for the, the uh, purpose of eating people, <laughs> you know, this is not a guy you want to have dinner with, because you never know what will happen after dinner. That's right. 
<laughs> you might be dinner. Um, and, and yet, we, we see something happening to Darius. We see a concern for Daniel. In fact, an effort to try to get Daniel freed, but it just doesn't work. Could you, again, read uh, the king's last words before he cast uh, Daniel into the lion's den? Verse uh, 16 yeah. there. He says uh, to Daniel, may the God whom you serve continually deliver you. So we actually have kind of a prayer here, don't we? Mm-hmm. He's praying that Daniel's God. But there's one thing, especially as Lutherans, we would pick this up right away. What's really sad about that prayer that that, that King Darius speaks for Daniel? It's not, just, it's not my God, it's your God. Yeah. Your yeah. God, Daniel. And, and of course, that's what Matt and I work on so hard. I hope and pray everybody understands that we're just here to tell you that he is your God. And the very God that does this for Daniel is the very God that probably daily delivers us from lions that we don't even see. Uh, you know, that Luther says that. Luther says, yeah, you wonder why you should go to communion. If you could see the devil and all the fiery arrows he has aimed at you, you would never question the need to, to have your faith strengthened and to take the Lord's body and blood. So I'm thinking a lot of times we don't even see the lions, yeah. but but he's out there delivering us from us. But by, I, my contention is we can see the king beginning to grow in faith. In fact, could you read verse 18? Sure. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. So what? how do we see faith beginning to work here in, in, in uh, King Darius in that verse? Well, I mean, he's his thoughts are with Daniel. That's what he's thinking about. Yeah. Um, and he does everything in his power to rescue Daniel, right? He racks his brain, the king, how to rescue him, and his leaders remind him, no, you can't do it. You sign that injunction. Yeah. And so you see, I think, the the king sort of realizing, hey, if Daniel's going to be saved, it's not because of this king. It's because of Daniel's God. Oh, wow, Matt. What a powerful insight. Yeah. Now, see, we forget that. Sometimes we need the trials so we can remember who it is that can deliver us. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we're constantly thinking, if, if, if I only come up with the right solution, if I only do the right mm-hmm. thing, if I only pray hard enough and God realizes that I know what needs to be done... But no, no, sometimes we just need to be silent and, and, and turn it over to the Lord. All right, keep reading, Matt, because yeah. we've got to get to this other thing sure. today. Yeah, verse 19. Then at daybreak, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. And again, see the, the love, the concern at haste. He wants to know what happened. Yeah, this king running to the den of yeah. lions. You almost picture that. Yeah. As he came near the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish, even before he gets there. Yeah. Uh, the king declared to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from... From the lions? And before we hear the answer to that question, I, I found out this little detail that I think is really significant. This is the only instance in the entirety of Scripture where a non-Israelite cries out, Oh, living God. Living God. That is unique. And yeah. again, I'm thinking, yeah. there's faith going on in this. Yeah. It may not be full. It may not be complete. Maybe it's just little faith. But of course, you know what Jesus says about little faith? That's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You can move mountains with that. All right, keep reading, man. Yeah, then Daniel said to the king, Oh, king, live forever. Again, you know, he respects the king. Isn't that awesome, yeah. man? Here's the, a guy that just threw you in the lion. and threw him in. I know, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Great king, point. live forever. Yeah. Uh, may, may my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me. Because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. All right, time out, Matt, because as a Lutheran, (laughs) see, this makes me really uncomfortable. So he shut the lion's mouth and they have not harmed me because I was found innocent 
blameless before him? Really? Is that what's going on here? Because he was such a good guy? That's why the lions didn't devour him? So how are you going to answer that? Because, you know, I'm sorry, we Lutherans always say, it's by faith, not by works. So how do you deal with that passage, Matt? Yeah. Well, I mean, it also ultimately is just God's grace, right? You yeah. know, but but Daniel's described in that way. He describes himself in that way, but he's not the only one, right? I mean, I think Noah was. Oh, and, yeah. And Job was. And, and none of these guys were perfect. Yeah, I think we need to recognize that. Doesn't mean they're they're sinless. But yet he trusted in the Lord uh, throughout this whole ordeal. So that that's and by the way, that's the answer that the Bible study people at Christ our Savior in Freeburg. Remember, I'm, I'm sharing with you their insights. They said, well, of course, he's blameless. He's innocent because of the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. That's how everyone is innocent and blameless. By the way, th- this is a hapax legumina, this word here, blameless or innocent, which means that it's not found anywhere else in the Bible. So it's really kind of hard to know exactly what it does mean because we have no other context than this. But they gave the good Lutheran answer that, yes, he is blameless, but for the sake of Jesus. That's why he's blameless. Now, that's a good Lutheran answer, but I'm thinking, I want to know what the Bible says. That's fine what Matt says or what John says or even what the Bible students of Christ our Savior says. We're going to get a further answer as we read a little bit further in the text. Uh, What I do think is very clear here is that Paul says, you know, if, if you're suffering because you did something wrong, Don't be surprised at that. That's what's supposed to happen if you do wrong. But if you suffer doing good, well, then you can trust. You can trust the Lord. And I think that's kind of the point here. I never did anything against you. I didn't do anything Mm -hmm. against the state. I'm totally blameless in terms of that. And and God has delivered me because that's what God does. But, But continue the verse there. Then the king was exceedingly glad, and he commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. All right. So if you, there it's right, the Bible, people. We Lutherans aren't making it up. It says quite clearly the reason he was blameless, he was innocent, is because he trusted yeah, in his it, God. It's, it's all about faith. It's all about faith. Uh, all right, Matt, continue. Oh, boy. Here we go. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. And as you mentioned last week, what is the point of that? Those lions were hungry. Yeah. You know, they, it's not that they were full bellies and uh, just tame lions. No, <laughs> no, they were killer lions. And that's what they were meant to be. And and what delivered Daniel wasn't the full belly of the lions. It was the hand of the angel. And and do you think, do you think we'd be speaking too much to say that perhaps the angel was Jesus Christ? Do you think that's saying too much? Yep, well, yeah, perhaps. You know, we, we just don't know here, yeah. clearly. Um, certainly when we... In the same book, the book of Daniel, we hear about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and it certainly appears it's an angel, if not Jesus himself. Yeah. They're in the fiery furnace who delivers them, too, from death. So so that's the thing to remember. Again, uh, all of us are going to face the lions, and, and sometimes we're delivered from the lions, and, and probably more than we realize, because we just yep. don't even see yep. the lions. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, no, in the end, we will all be delivered. I, 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 just real quick, the miracles of Jesus. I, I, you know, we look at this and say, why isn't God doing this today? And we look at Jesus, and he healed all the sick, and why isn't God doing that today? And, and the thing is, he didn't do it for everybody back then either. 
he didn't heal everybody. He did raise the widow from Nain's son. He did raise Lazarus. He did raise that 12-year-old girl. But there were plenty of other people that died that he didn't raise. The point of these miracles is that God has absolute control over all evil. And sometimes he exercises that here, and sometimes he doesn't. But believe you me, people, when the end comes, he will exercise it over all people and for all of his followers. Um, there's this beautiful quote from Max Lucado that says that, that, that the wheelchairs and the canes and, and, and all of these things we have to help our handicaps, they'll, they'll all be confiscated. That was the word he used. They'll all be confiscated at the doors of heaven. So I thought that's a, that's a neat yeah. way of putting it. And even if Daniel wasn't rescued, like we mentioned last yeah. week, if he was eaten by the lions... God is still God, and, and and God doesn't love Daniel any less. And God would, Daniel still wins. He's he's with the Lord now for crying out loud. Uh, but God, in His grace and mercy, in this instance, told chose to deliver Daniel from the mouths of the lions. And so here's the thing, and we talked about it last week. This business about putting the stone over the lion's den and sealing the stone and, and drawing the connection mm-hmm. with Jesus' resurrection. Yep. You think it's great that he could rescue Daniel from the lion's den. I'll tell you, here's a greater miracle. He could let Daniel die, and then he could bring him back from the dead. That's a far more impressive miracle than just saving somebody from the lion's mouth. And that is exactly what the Bible says he's going to do for each and every one of you who is listening to this show. Even when the lions do eat us, he'll do better. He'll bring us back from the dead. Let's finish the story up, Matt, if we could. Okay. Uh, Verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall never end. Uh, He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. It was he who saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered. During the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. And if you were to to read those verses, you would think those would be the words of Daniel. Yeah. Or perhaps the words yeah. of Isaiah are the words of Abraham. But they are the words of this pagan, wicked king who I contend has now been converted to faith in the living God. Um, and so we look at Daniel and, and we're wondering... Well, okay, he delivered him from the lion's den. Why didn't he deliver him from Darius? Why didn't he deliver him from his exile? Why didn't he bring him back to Jerusalem? And the answer was because he needed Daniel there in that time, in that place, to give faith to a man that everybody else would have counted out and would have thought he'd be fit for hell. But but God decided he would be fit for heaven. So anyway, that's any yeah, other no, comments great. about that? Well, just his decree yeah. too. I think just look at the the king language in it. Yeah, God's kingdom, yeah, will not be destroyed. His dominion shall shall not end. You know, it's kind of interesting that an earthly king would give that kind of praise to God. Yeah, you know, he's acknowledging he's a greater king than I am, and you know, his dominion is never going to end. You know, his his reign is is forever and ever. So I think it's interesting that a king gives that kind of kingly praise. 
and then some to to God, to Daniel's God. And what a nice conclusion to a story to begin with people coming to Darius and saying, you know, Darius, you ought to make a declaration yeah. that you're yeah. the only yeah. person that people should make petitions to. And now at the end, that's a great insight. So yeah. now at the end, no, now he acknowledges there's really only one king of kings and lord of yeah. lords. And, and God grant us all by faith. And he's basically petitioning yeah. the people to worship him now. That's and pray right. to him. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so it wasn't just to save Darius, but it was perhaps to bring faith to a whole bunch of people there in this otherwise pagan country. Now, you want to do something on what? The, the, well, German the Sermon on the Mount. Mount? So we're really switching oh, gears yeah. here, Joe. To the so New our, Testament. Our listeners, whoa, here we go. We're, uh, we're going from the old to the new. And uh, John and I are preaching on the same thing, so we can both share some insights. It'll be kind of fun. Uh, but I want to look at uh, maybe a, an aspect, a different facet of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. All right. Cool. All right. So I want to go to uh, Matthew chapter 5. So Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 21. And, and, and by the way, you really need to tell them where you're going to preach this sermon at. Well, I'm, you're not going to get the full-blown thing of rest of yeah. the basics. No. Uh, because it's written for a bunch of pastors, because I'm, I'm preaching at uh, the Seminary Chapel, which is kind of cool. I've never done that before. Um, and uh, it's going to be pastors from the St. Louis area there, of course, seminary students, too. So uh, so looking forward to that. That's well, I'm, I'm just impressed. I, I, I'll pray for you that that's a blessed message, because that's a hard crowd to preach to. You yeah, know I know. Yeah. Because they all know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Not to suggest you listeners don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Obviously, we Careful, don't know what we're doing, Careful. but so, yeah. no, no, of course not. But I know what you mean. You know, yeah. it's like a, it's someone giving like a, uh, a lecture on engineering to a bunch of engineers. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. they, you, you got to be careful what you say and how you say it. Right. <laughs> um, they could call your bluff. But no, it's it's yeah, it's just a bunch of brother pastors. And uh, hopefully they can be encouraged by God's word. We all need that. Right. Whether we're pastors or not. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to it. I thought I'd yeah, share, you know, not the full blown sermon, perhaps, but some. Uh, some messages uh, that certainly will be a part of that sermon and hopefully some insights from uh, this even greater sermon than what I'm going to preach, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount uh, here in Matthew chapter right. 5. So where do you want to start, Matt? Well, i got my Bible okay, so, open here. So we're going to look at the, the text assigned is begins at verse 20. It goes through uh, uh, verse 38. So I don't know okay. if we'll read all that today all right. necessarily. Yeah, well, but, that's okay. we got but, we got next week. Okay, okay. Two, but, I don't, we'll take as many weeks as you need. Okay, because okay. I know you want to probably give some comments too which is great uh, but but for now let's i want to make this one main point yeah, perhaps okay. in this episode so let's let's get to it john Hi. so we're reading everything is in red letters so it's jesus preaching here and uh we're, he's going to talk about uh well and i'm thinking he's got yeah. the same problem you got because he's preaching to all not just the people there but all the religious leaders are there as well the pharisees and sadducees and the priests yeah they're listening to this sermon too yeah they are they're oh, taking notes oh, john yeah. good good Okay, so Sadducees, Jewish religious leaders are listening in. Good, I'm glad you brought that up. So we're going to be talking about anger and lust and divorce and oaths. Oh, boy. To to priests and Sadducees and Pharisees? You're preaching about lust and anger? Well, let's let's dig in. Go ahead, John. Uh, You've got to know your audience. Know your audience. Okay. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. 
First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Okay, well, we'll stop, right, there. stop there. Now let's read, let's read verse 27. Oh, okay. And 28. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery okay. with her okay. in his heart. Okay, let's stop there. Now, are you starting right. to see a pattern? Yeah, no, I'm beginning okay. to see a pattern. Okay, well, let's let's read about divorce. See right. if there's a, another pattern another, here. we got the same thing going here. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. All right, so, okay. One more section, and we'll see what, what comes up here. Hopefully another, uh, we see a pattern continue. Okay, again you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is by the throne of God. Do you want me to keep reading, or is no, that good, good. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, not that the rest isn't good. But, no. Um, but, okay, so what's the pattern here? Yeah, you better four say that. Four different times. It's four... Jesus' sermon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the rest I know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's all going to be yeah. good, right? Yeah. But, but four different times, yeah, Jesus says the times. same thing. So we've got this pattern here when it comes to anger or lust or adultery or oaths, all right? Yeah. So what what is that thing that he says four different times? You have heard that it was said of all. Okay, you have heard that it was said. You've yeah. heard that it was said. So who, who, where do they hear this stuff from, these people? Where are they hearing Gosh, this stuff from? They hear it from the Bible. I remember this stuff. This is all in the Old Testament, but most of it in the Ten Commandments right there. Okay, so some of it from the Bible, yeah. but not all of it. Oh, so really? Here, here's the it's deal. not all from here's the Bible? The, and here's the one, the one okay, point I'm I maybe ready. want to make, yeah. is when in Matthew's Gospel, and yeah, here we go, yeah, yeah. when, when well, you've got the verses and everything. In here. Matthew's Gospel, yeah. This is the, the famous gospel for quoting the Old Testament yeah. all the time, because yeah. Matthew's writing to Jews, um, perhaps primarily. Uh, but again and again, if they're quoting the Old Testament, what is the phrase that they use? Oh, well, well, it, it is written. It is, it written. is written over and, and over again. Yeah, it is written, and then Jesus says, it is written, devil, the man does not live by bread alone. It is written, he will command his angels concerning you. It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. It is written, serve the Lord your God. So anytime... The Old Testament's getting quoted in Matthew. The phrase that's uses is it written? It is but, written. But 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 here it doesn't say that. Now it says, or or there's an oh, alternate. Okay, one. all right, an alternate, alternate, in Matthew's alternate. gospel. The other one where it's a direct quote. Uh, have you not read? Have you not read? Yeah. Have, have you, you not, not read, read in the law? Have you not read that he created them from the beginning, made them male and female? Matthew 19. Have you not read that it was said again and again and again? So if something is quoted in the Gospel of Matthew from the Old Testament, there's one of two phrases it's, that's used. It is written, written or, or have, have you, you not, not read? read. And okay. the only, only time this phrase is used in the Sermon on the Mount is in the Sermon on the Mount. And what's the phrase that Jesus uses here when he says, you have heard, heard that it, that it was, was said. said. Yeah. Oh, So he cool. doesn't say it was written, written or, y- it, it, or you have read. No. No, he says you have heard this that it was, was said. said. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. I think yeah, maybe there's a little bit of Bible in there. But but he's talking about what well, he's heard that's said by the religious leaders, oh, the scribes, cool. that is cool, man. The Pharisees, yes. yeah. you've heard that it was said. So, so and of course, so it's they, not they're, entirely they're, right. They're quoting the Bible, of course, because yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, be a religious sure, leader without sure. quoting the Bible. Sure, but their take, their take yeah. apparently wasn't what was 
written. Well, they get a little carried away. So, you know, you've heard that it was said. And so, you know, when they're talking about things like lust and, and things like that, they're saying it's just a, an outward thing. And you said, no, it's also an inward thing of the heart. They're talking about divorce. Well, you can give a certificate, like Moses said, is permissible. And Jesus said, no, no, divorce is breaking a sacred union between a man and a woman. Uh, oaths. Well, yeah, there, there's different there's different levels of oaths. You kind of rate them. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's either yes or no. And so, again, it was said, and they're hearing this said by, oh, well, yeah, some from the from the, the Old Testament, but a lot of it is coming from these scribal teachers. And we're running out of time oh here. Oh, my. I've got to play the closing. Go I ahead. I know, but, but, but as we close up, four times Jesus says something else. But I say to you. Oh. And actually, the Greek says, but I myself say to you. And, and that'll be our subject for next week? And that, that'll be what our subject Jesus for next week. What does Jesus actually say? Yeah, forget forget what the scribes and others have you heard it was said, but what does Jesus say? That's what's important. I'm excited. This has been <laughs> Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.